Welcome to the podcast for Wenton Baptist Church. I pray God uses this message to bless you in Jesus' name. Well, as uh, human beings, we have always desired connection. Uh, we've always wanted to be connected to one another, to each other. And in Roman times, they would have messengers that would run uh, a certain distance to deliver a message from one person to another. They wanted to connect. And then after that, along came the mail. And so you could mail a letter, and you could connect with someone and send them a message. And then after that, we had the telegraph. The telegraph, you could transmit a message uh, electronically over uh, the wire. And then after that came the radio, and you could all of a sudden transmit messages wirelessly through the air. Then after the, the radio came the telephone, and then after the telephone came the television, and then we had the Internet. And, uh, and now we have instant communication possible anywhere in the world via satellite. Imagine that, via satellite. It's amazing the technology that's available to us that has given us the ability to communicate. You see, even in all this, one of our greatest longings is to never be alone. None of us like to be alone for a long period of time. Now, sometimes there's a, a means of us getting away and getting away from it all, so to speak. But we all like to be together. Uh, one of our greatest longings is to know that we're not alone. To know that there is meaning in our life and to know that there is someone above and beyond all the pain and sorrow and struggle that we experience here on this earth. To connect with God is man's deepest desire and longing. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was getting at man's deepest desire to connect with God. We connect with God when we, when we love God, when we worship Him. We, we have this spiritual connection with God. And we've, we've seen all the weaknesses and inherent flaws in online communication. It's just, it's sometimes if you're having a meeting with Zoom, maybe you're Zoomed to death and you're tired of the Zooming and Zoom, 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 you just want to Zoom away from it all because it's, it's a struggle. It's not being with the person. You're not with them. It's just not the same. It's great that we have the technology, and I see my parents, and we FaceTime a lot now, and we weren't able to do that in the past. So now we can, and I'm appreciative of that. But I want to connect with them. I want to be with them. I want to love them. I want to hug them. And sometimes that communication is challenging with what we're doing. But for us, if we could, you know, if we could connect with God in some way where we, he could be in person with us, things would be much different, right? In fact, that's exactly what God had in mind when he sent his son Jesus Christ to the earth. He was God in the person, God in a person, God in the flesh, God in three persons, as we know, God in the flesh, born in a manger, died a cruel death on the cross, and raised to new life and ascended to the right hand of the Father. That's where we are. That's where we know Jesus to be. Now, Jesus here is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. He spoke of praying to the Father. We're in Matthew chapter 6, if you want to turn there, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. He spoke of praying to the Father. How, how do you pray if you're a follower of Jesus? Prayer is one of the, the simple things that we do and one of the things that we should know about doing. Prayer is our direct line of communication, if you will, to the Father. And looking at this side of the resurrection, looking from the cross backwards, we see things differently. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there for us to intercede for us and communicate to the Father uh, 
by the power that is in us because Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the comforter to you. And that's so reassuring. And Jesus was speaking to the audience of disciples and teaching them how to pray. And this is such a simple outline of prayer. All of us are familiar with this. And it could be applied then, and it can certainly be applied now. And so that we have the angelic Holy Spirit in us. For all believers, it's an amazing thing. But, you know, prayer can be understood in several ways. And this is what I believe this passage is teaching us. It can be understood in several ways. Prayer can be understood not seeking a typical answer from God. So we see there in verse 5 of chapter 6, it says this, You must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. Now, in in verse 5 there of Matthew 6, we see a, a contrast of what Jesus thinks real prayer should be like. We have two types of prayers here. Those who essentially seek the attention of others and those who seek the attention uh, of God. Now, the Jewish leaders were very focused on praying the right way. But over time, it had deteriorated into mechanical, oftentimes meaningless prayers devoid of any devotion or reverence. It went from reverence to seeking the attention of others. They drew upon their sense of worth from others rather than God. I want to get my worth from you, from your approval of me, rather than God's approval. You see, in praying to God, our attitude must be one of reverence and expectation of God doing great things. Now, note that God didn't say that there was a special time we needed to pray. Indeed, Paul encourages us to always be in an attitude of prayer, to, to pray without, without ceasing. The results we seek in prayer not the is not the vain repetition, but saying words of sincerity. To be sincere in how you pray is, is important. Now, this might be a, a typical prayer that the Pharisee might pray. This is what a, a prayer of a Pharisee might sound like. God bless those who pass by in the street today. May others see that I am so concerned for them by my presence on the street corner. Uh, may the people being blessed know that I am here for And if I weren't here for them, God, what would they do? Uh, I, as a Pharisee, love for people to say hi to me because they know I'll pray for them. Thank you, God, for blessing me. Amen. Now, we kind of get that. But for us, it might sound something like this. Good God, good grub, good meat. Let's eat. The, The typical results would be saying a quick prayer and getting on with our life. Okay, God. Bless this food. Thank you for this food. Let's eat. Amen. Because you got a scrumptious meal before you, and you just can't wait to eat the food. So you say a quick prayer and get on with it. That's not going to God in prayer. You see, we miss out on truly having a conversation with the God of heaven. Our focus in prayer should primarily be on God. So, so it should not be the central focus of our prayers. That's, that's hard, is it not? That, that we should not focus on us when we pray. How many times do you think you pray, um, Lord, please help me to, and you fill in the blank, or Lord, uh, would you help me with, you see, it's what comes after uh, those phrases that make all the difference in the world. Our focus on God, focus on us. 
Lord, help me to know you. Lord, would you help me in forgiving other people as you forgave me? That's what God honors. Is our focus on God? Or is it just about God meeting my needs? You see, our focus in prayer should be on God's reward, not man's. If we realign our prayers and thinking towards the result God already has for us, God's got something for you, do you believe it? Do you believe God's got something for you in the future? Do you believe that God has a plan for you in the future? Do you believe God has better days for you in the future? We should all say amen to that. Yes, God's got better days for you. Church member, let me say that. God's got something coming for you in the future. He's got something great for you in the future. So sometimes we mistakenly pray in a way that focuses solely on us. But John 14, 13, you know, he says it brings glory to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, John, it's on the screen there, it should be, 14, 11. Uh, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's John 14, 11. That the Father may be glorified, he's asking, we're asking in his name, according to Jesus. Why? So that he can be glorified, not us. God's glory is the, the point. But hey, is it okay to pray for our needs? Well, sure it is. It's okay to pray for your needs, uh, but in coming to God, we must recognize who He is, and everything else flows from that attitude, who you are. I know your character is holy. I know your character is loving and just. That's, so we pray out of the overflow of that attitude. You see, we, we are praying to the God of the universe. Do we know this? Do we pray like we know this? Do we pray with great expectation That there is a God who's there and he wants to meet us exactly where we are. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, no matter what we've gone through, no matter who we're mad at or who's mad at us, God takes it all. And we pray expectantly that God will do a mighty work, a work of change that only he can do. He is a capable God because He's, he's just that kind of God. He's, he's able to do it. He, he can handle it. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord. So, so why even pray small prayers? We get to watch God move. Why pray the typical prayer? I want to see God move in mighty ways. I want to see God open the eyes of my heart. I want to see in the, God, I want to see you answer my prayers in great and glorious ways. So we need to pray with the great God, the God of expectation that is going to do something amazing in our lives. He is the one alone who can answer our prayer beyond our wildest dreams. So why pray small prayers? Pray prayers because we pray to a big God, we should pray big prayers. Big prayers of faith. No matter what the answer is, we know the prayer is going to be amazing because we serve an amazing God. Do we pray as if we believe in the greatness of God? God, thank you for the food. God, thank you for your great provision in my life. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that I have my health. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you for giving me so much. Oh, God, bless the food. God, you've already blessed this food because you provided it for me. Thank you, God, for your provision. And you, you're always going to provide for me, even though I may not be able to see it right now. You're there. You're involved in my life. You're on my side. You want me to win. You're in my corner. You've given me Jesus, and that's all I need. That's all I need. Do we pray a typical prayer, or do we pray with great expectations? Do we expect great things from God? Then we should attempt great things for God. 
What are we attempting for God? What are we pray, attempting in our prayers when we pray to God? You see, prayer can also be, uh, we pray a typical prayer. That's one thing. We pray with great expectations. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't pray like the Pharisees. Expect something from God. Pray big prayers. But prayer can also be practiced distraction-free to a God that hears us. It should be up on the screen. Uh, pray, uh, prayer can be practiced distraction-free to a God that hears us. It says this in verse 6. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Man, I love that last part of that verse. Your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Like God giving you a big old hug and saying, I love you. I know what you need. Before you, before you even ask me, I know what you need. Isn't that reassuring that that's the kind of God we serve? God knows what we need before we ask him. Therefore, we ask him because we're praying to him in faith. Uh, the prayer is for us. God knows what we need. Do we know this God that is embracing us? Do we know him? Do we know him? Do we know this kind of God who wants to love us and he wants to answer our prayers? He wants to meet our needs with great expectation. No, we've got all these things that are distracting us. Prayer was directed to the audience for all to the, the audience there that Jesus was talking to, they were all too familiar with how the Gentiles prayed. Uh, you know, the, the Gentiles focused on correctly saying the right things in the right amount of ways. I've got to say this phrase this many times, and therefore if I say it this many times, then I'm a good prayer. You see, Jesus says, no, that's not the way you pray. That's not the way, you, that's not the way God wants you to pray, uh, or how many flowery words you use. Uh, that's, that's not the point. You know, Jewish leaders were even focused on praying the certain the right time of day. And so they would uh, schedule their daily walk where they, they would all of a sudden appear on the street corner uh, so people, folks could hear them pray to God. They were really focusing on others and, and not the relationship that God uh, wanted them to have. And, and did you even know most homes in Jesus' day didn't have a, 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 a prayer closet, so to speak, a private room. Now, they did have they didn't really have an inner chamber. What they did have was a storeroom where they stored things like we call our pantry or whatnot. And they had a, uh, uh, had a lock on the door. You could literally go in and lock the door. And a lot of folks, there was not a lot of kneeling going on. So they'd go into the room and they'd stand in the, in, in the storeroom. And, and Jesus said, that's there. That's where I want you. I want you to pray there because it's a distraction. The point is not praying secretly in a private room in a closet somewhere. What Jesus is getting at here. He's not saying that public prayer is bad. He's saying remove the distraction from your life. R remove the distraction that would keep you having a genuine conversation with God, a genuine, heartfelt, long enough conversation with God to where it's a two-way conversation, and you're listening for God to speak to you. What has God said to you? What have you heard God say to you in prayer? What have you heard God say to you from the Bible, from the Word of God? Has he spoken to you? Can you go to somebody and say, God showed this to me? Maybe God didn't audibly speak to you, but God showed you this in his word. God told you by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is what God told me in prayer. Can you do that? If we can't do that, then we need to examine our hearts and say, are we having true prayer with God? Or is it just something we're used to doing? We need to understand that God wants to have a relationship with you 
God wants to personally know you and have an intentional time for, for you to speak to him as opposed to whether your prayers are on the floor. I understand. We, we go through times of drought in our lives and our walk with Christ. I understand that. And, and sometimes we're, you know, it, your, your, your walk with Christ is not just, not just a vertical line or a line going up. It's kind of like this, you know, and you kinda, you're up and you're down and you're up and you're down. You go through peaks and valleys in your life. But where, wherever you are, in the valley or on a peak, are you seeking to have a genuine conversation with the God of this universe? He wants to talk to you. He's not a wooden statue. He's not a painting on a wall. He's not even a stained glass image. He's Jesus the Messiah, and He loves you, and He wants you to understand that He wants a, a true two-way relationship with you, and that can only happen, church, if you pray without distraction. If you're not distracted, if you're distracted by stuff, you're not going to have you're not going to have a, a conversation. You ever talk to somebody and they're distracted and you know that they're not listening to you. you know, I mean, they're looking at you and, and you're talking to them and you're not listening to me, are you? And, and what did I just say? Oh, oh I, I don't know what. I, I, and you try to quiz them and they don't know. What if God were to say to you, uh, what did I just say to you? God, uh, you said something to me? You know, we need to have a, a, a genuine relationship with God. So in order to do that, you've got to remove the distractions in, in your life and and. One way to do that is to have a private space. How do we remove distractions? Yes, we can have private spaces, certainly. Jesus wasn't against private spaces. He wasn't against public prayer. It, it, it can be a closet. It can be a park bench. It can be a, an, an empty hallway. Uh, it can even be while you're driving. Nobody's looking. It's just you and the Lord, you know. You can have, that can be a private time. The point is to try to remove as much distraction as possible for you to focus on the moment. Can I say, turn the cell phone off? Just turn it off. Don't, don't put it on silent. Don't flip it over. Turn it off. And, and God, use that time to focus on God. Who's more important to you than God in your life? Who's more important? We should all say no one. No one's more important than God. So why aren't we having a conversation with him? Why aren't we speaking to the God of heaven and using our moments to say, God, I love you. I'm turning the phone off. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping my schedule. I'm taking this moment, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, genuine conversation with a two-way conversation with God. Pray to him with your heart. Just talk to him. You don't need to use flowery language. Hey, God, how are you? God, I love you. God, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm really struggling today, God. Can you help me? Help me in, as, as in your will, not mine, God. God, would your will be done in my life? Let me see your will. Open the eyes of my heart that I might see your will, and then I might do it today. God wants that in your life. Remove the distraction. Now, I want to take some time to challenge you in, in a different way today. A way perhaps that you've, if you've never done before, maybe you have. I have uh, created a space in a room here just off to my left or right, and it's just a makeshift prayer room. And uh, during the month of October, I'm going to ask that uh, we as a church come together uh, and sign up. I've got a, a, a sheet here. Uh, I'd love to see every day in October filled up uh, for a time of prayer where uh, you can come uh, to the church and, and pray. Uh, it's just a, a time for us to pray for the needs of our church, and, and I'm going to ask for you to do two things. Uh, I want to ask for you to sign up for this. You can come by yourself, and I'd love for you to come with your spouse or a family member, just you and your family, just, you know, so it's just you and you, just you and uh, together. And it's great, you know, when you, you pray with your spouse and you guys are having that, you're praying together, you hear your spouse praise the Lord, and 
you hear, and then the other person hears them pray to the Lord. You hear your, your child pray to the Lord, or your grandchild pray to the Lord. We can teach our little, little grandchildren to pray to God. And we, why are we going to church today? Nobody's at church. We're going to go, and we're, you know what? We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Here's a little prayer room. We're going to pray. We're going to pray to God. And you, you let them see you pray to God. That's a great way to, to, to teach your children, teach your, your old children, your, your, your young children, all of them, your grandkids, your aunts, uncles, you know, nieces, nephews, family. Bring them in. We've got some little chairs there. Uh, I'd love to see every day filled up. You don't have to just sign up for one day. Sign up for multiple days. You can come uh, morning, evening, night, whenever. It's, it's comfortable for you. Uh, you, you, know, you know how to get in, and we'll, we'll help you if you don't. Um, but I want you to pray for that. We can do certain things. You'll have th- things to pray for. You'll have a little card box here. Uh, and the way I want you to do it is you'll have a card, a topical, top, something to pray for. Maybe a suggestive way of praying. But, and then once you pray for that little prayer, um, just date it. I, this, this, so I'll know that this, this prayer request was prayed for this many times in the month of October. Now, obviously, there's, you don't have to go through this just a guide if you don't know what to pray for, okay? So they'll be there. These, these cards will be there for you to come and pray. And, uh, you know, it, it's not a lot of distractions there. We'll remove the distractions for you to sit down and pray. The second thing I want you to pray I want you to pray about uh, God forming a team of dedicated believers to, to go out to our community and visit with families and neighbors. Uh, you don't have to know what to say. or do. It's not going to be a, a very intrusive kind of thing. Uh, it's going to be very natural. Uh, we want to visit and say, hey, and I'm, I'm, I want you to know we're praying for you as a church. Is there, if there's any, is there anything we can do for you? And so uh, we might bring them a gift. And if God prov- provides the opportunity, we'll share the gospel with them. Uh, but you pray about that. God, would you form an outreach team for our church. I don't know who God's going to lead to be on this team, uh, but I do know that he's going to lead people to be on it. And during, during the month of October, uh, we're going to pray that, uh, uh, those two things. So you be praying about that. After the service today, I'd love for you to come up and sign, sign up for a couple of days. Figure out which day is good for you and, and sign up for a couple of days to come pray for our church. Have those, those genuine conversations. Pray for his will. Pray for his leading. Yeah, I think you'll find it'll be a good thing to come and pray to the church. Sure, you can, you can pray at home. That's kind of a, that's not, that's a normal thing. But I'm asking you kind of to step outside the box to do something different for our church. I pray that you'll do it. Help us fill every day up in October. Five minutes, 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're praying collectively as a body of Christ. We're praying in a different way. You've got to make a special trip to pray to the church to, to get there. Let God move. Watch God move in your heart. He will. He will. He can move anywhere. Would you come pray, pray for our church here? Take a look at the prayer room, prayer room, go over there, get a feel for it, kind of look at it, you know. If you want to add to it, make it look nicer. Some of you are gifted in that area, make it look nicer. I, I'm just kind of a simple guy, and I just kind of did what I, I could for it. But would you pray expecting God to move? God, would you move in our church? Would you move in our church in this season of COVID? Would you move? I don't, I don't know what's next for our church, God. We've got some, we've got some new deacons in our new leadership. You know, be praying for them as well. There's so many needs. We've got some new families in our community. Uh, God's put us here uh, and has given us a responsibility to reach those families, to, to see and to pray for them, and to, to love them in the name of Jesus, not to come with any agenda, but to pray for them. God wants us to pray, to have genuine conversations with Him. Where are we at with prayer? Let God move. We need to pray expecting God to move. With that great expectation, we need to pray distraction-free prayers. Maybe come to church and pray with your spouse and have that intimate time of prayer. 
but also prayer can be spoken of through, through the Acts for God. It's an acronym called ACTS. Huh? Uh, and so there's, there's an acronym there, A-C-T-S. Some of you may have heard that. And this is part of the, the Lord's Prayer here. Uh, and it says this, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And, and do, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I've, I've memorized the King James Version, so I kind of stumbled over that a little bit. Maybe you've memorized the King James Version of that. Uh, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Memorize the prayer. Find, find that prayer. If you don't know it yet, memorize it. It's a, it's a good way to pray. But the Acts uh, is, a, is a great, great uh, how do I pray? You use the acronym Acts. A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supply. It's a great way to pray. And all, all these elements, most, I think all, almost all except one, are, are in the Lord's Prayer. We, we see adoration. You know, hallowed be thy name. That's a door. God, you, you, can, you don't have to say, hallowed be your name in the prayer. You can just say, God, I adore you. God, you're awesome. I love that word awesome. I'm a former youth pastor, so I love to use the word awesome a lot. I use the word awesome too much. But I, I, I like to tell God he's awesome. Okay, whatever, you like, whatever word of choice you like to use, God, you're amazing. God, you're glorious. God, you're wonderful. God, you're holy. That's praise. I adore you. I'm worshiping you. You see, we begin with worship in our prayers. It puts our hearts right. Whatever we're thinking about, whatever's on our mind, Worship immediately puts our mind on God, where it should be. So we adore you, God. Confession, you know, uh, forgive us our debts uh, as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's, our, that's confession. God, I confess my sin to you. We are desperate. We're, we're, we need God. We need his forgiveness in our lives. Uh, and we also need to, to thank God. Now, we don't have specifically thank here in prayer, but you know, we are, we are aware of the differences on earth and, and heaven, uh, but Jesus also elsewhere thanked God in prayer uh, for food, for the disciples. He, he thanked God for you uh, in, in the high priestly prayer of John 17. Uh, so thankfulness should certainly be a part of our prayer uh, as well. And finally, we need to pray for supply, that God would supply our needs. You know, give us our, day, our, our daily bread. God, would you just, just meet my daily needs? Uh, you know, I don't know what next week holds or next month. God, would you just meet my for tomorrow? That's a humble prayer. And that's one of the ways that you can pray to the Lord uh, to just to meet your daily needs and be, and be grateful for that. And so it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a great way to pray. But so we can do things like pray with a great expectation, uh, remove the distractions, pray the acts prayer. Uh, if you don't know how to pray, it's a great tool to have. And finally, we are to pray, uh, we, we are to worry less and pray more. I think that can help us all. Worry less and pray more. You see, anxiety, and Jesus speaks to this uh, anxiety later on in Matthew. We're going to get to that in a future message. Uh, Worry less, pray more. I think that's going to be on the screen as well. Um, Worry less, pray more. You know, anxiety is very rampant uh, in our our time, and uh, worry has physical effects. It increases your heart heart rate, increases your blood pressure, uh, sweats, shaking, nervous, you know, all, all that sometimes. Those of you, those of you have, have experienced the, the terror of anxiety, it's very real. Um, the Word of God gives us an aid gives, in our time of need. This can help you in your anxiety. In your struggle with anxiety, it's found in the power of prayer. It, it's so simple yet so profound, that deep, rich communion with the Lord. It, you know, it, it says this in Philippians 4, 6. 
don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. We, we can just pause and say that in our heads. Don't worry about anything. Whatever you're going through, don't worry about anything. But in everything, everything through prayer and petition or supply, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's a wonderful way to think about how we worry less and pray more. What happens when we do that? Verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is going to guard your, your mind. It's going to guard your heart. When you pray, guess what? You're going to get that shield, that guard that guards you against worry. If you're not praying, then the, the guard's not going to be there as strong. Pray. Pray, and it'll help you with your anxiety. So much of what ails us in, in these days can be eased by coming back to a sweet, holy communion, a sweet time of prayer with the Lord Jesus. You know, no simple uh, blessing a day keeps the devil away or a verse a day keeps the devil away. No, we need to have genuine, deep conversation with the Lord. We need to be aware, you know, if prayer is important or if it's not important in our lives. If we prayed more, we'd worry less. Why? Because we have the supernatural peace of God in our lives. Brought about, not brought about by our circumstances, but by our intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. We can rise above our circumstances, our current moment of how we're feeling. Feelings come and go. Our emotions come and go. Even our body, how it responds, goes. We can have prayer as a, a constant, uh, uh, stable, stabilizing factor there. Prayers are always available to us. We can pray to God to help us to not worry. Are you worried right now? Are you worried about what's ahead? Are you worried about the, the changes that are coming in your life or in some other people's lives? Are you worried about the change in our church? We need to pray. God calls us to pray. Our first weapon, our first offensive weapon is prayer. So church, we need to pray. We need to pray more for our church. Pray for the people around us. If we're not doing that, we're not doing enough. God calls us to pray. Pray expectantly. Pray distraction-free. Pray with the acts of prayer and, and worry less and pray more. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you and we, we love you. You're a great God. You've been so gracious to us, God. God, forgive us when we, we don't come to you with, with heartfelt prayer. God, forgive us when we rush our prayers to you the God of heaven. So, Lord, right now, we, we take this time to pray uh, for our church. God, would you spark a revival in our church, God? Would you bring folks back to our church, God? Would you allow us to do things that we need to do in our own lives so folks see Jesus in us, God, that we might go out and, and, and get that one, Lord, uh, that's, that's missing, Lord, from here, from being in the fellowship with you, Father. We know what we need to do, God. We need to get on our knees and pray for this community. God, pray that you would use Winton Baptist Church, Lord, to reach this community for, for you, Father. Even in the midst of COVID, God, you haven't, haven't called the church to stop being the church. So, God, you can, we can use prayer, Lord, in our lives to pray uh, and to, to lean into your heart, God, for this world, for this community, for us, Lord. Perhaps we haven't been listening as much. But, God, we're listening now. We're asking you, God, to open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that, 
we could see you. We want to see you, God. So, God, we're asking in prayer. We want to see you. Show up in our lives, God. Show up in the month of October like you've never shown up before in this church, God. And people testify of your power at work in their lives because of prayer in their lives. We want to see you, God. High and lifted up, Lord Jesus. Do your work, Lord. We ask these things in your name.